Well, good morning. My name is Shelly Ginter, and uh, Rob had asked me to share my story a few months ago. And when he originally asked me to share my story, it was, sure, I'll be happy to. I can pretty much talk with anyone at any time and would be happy to share um, my life. But at the same time, thinking over the months and as this day got closer, what will I share? Uh, I don't know that I would think anything substantial really has happened in my past or that my life has been anything spectacular that someone would find interest in it until I prayed. And I really just asked God, you know, the life you've given me, I am so very thankful for. And it's because of him that I'm even here today. And with that, maybe this isn't, I know it isn't. This isn't about me. It's about what I've been through, thankful to the opportunities that God has given me. And it's his story through my life that I'm sharing. So I'm excited about the opportunity hesitant about the opportunity, and a little nervous, to be honest. But where does it begin? 52 years ago, when uh, high school sweethearts decided to get married in Covington, Ohio, and grow a family, I being the firstborn, and then my sister came along four years after me, I don't know that they knew what they were getting into with two little girls, very busy little girls, but one of the things that they did, um, you know, to keep us occupied was dance. So we danced a lot, and that kept us busy. Mom liked Stevie Wonder. She liked um, uh, the Nelsons. Um, she also listened to, like, Paper Lace, The Night Chicago Died. Dad was more into The Who and, uh, what is that, Iron Butterfly. They really probably should have stopped when the Steppenwolf album came on and I began to dance to Born to be Wild because that was probably the theme for my life that moment on. Uh, they moved us to Piqua and I went through the Piqua High School, uh, well, Piqua City School systems and um, they taught us to work hard. They taught us that you need to be respectful and that nothing is ever given. Be kind, be thoughtful and do the best you can do. And so my sister and I did that through school. I was in Girl Scouts and had an opportunity for 4-H. Uh, but the one activity that I probably had the most fun with was band. Now, I didn't play an instrument because I wasn't coordinated enough to do that. But I could dance. And one of the pieces in our band was a front line called the drill team. And if you think of the drill team, it's it integrates flag movement and dance movement and then the rocket kick line. And that's what I did for four years. Enjoyed it, enjoyed practicing and, and fellowshipping with my, my friends and traveling. And the uh, Pickle Marching Band was a pretty good band. They were actually asked to go to the Bengals games a couple of times and we opened and did halftime shows for them. So in 86, I graduated and um, still dancing, which is what probably helped the next transition. Um, there were a couple of venues in the Miami County that were dance facilities for youth to go to. And uh, uh, one of those nights, uh, I was at one of those venues, and um, there was this guy dancing on the stage. 
And, you know, the guys I went to school with, they liked to dance, but it was slow dance. They didn't have a lick of rhythm. But this guy could dance, and he danced the fast songs, and it was like, wow, I want to know him. And, you know, he's kind of cute, too. Well, that guy happens to be that gentleman sitting right over there, Gary Ginter, who uh, caught my eye and my attention, and to think that we started our dating lives dancing. We dated for two years, and he asked me to marry him in uh, 88, and we got married in 89. And uh, little did we know that the vows we were making that day, 31 plus years ago, well, 31 years ago and some months, at the Covington Church of the Brethren, where we were uh, married, the uh, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, and for sickness and health would be tested and tested in a way that I feel so lucky that I had a partner to lean on during these upcoming years, because um, we didn't anticipate what was gonna come. Look forward to it, excited about it, but had no idea. And what a union God made by giving me such a strong person and partner to be mine and to help me, and for me to help him into his future journey. So we got married and we moved to Sydney Gary worked third shift at a corporation. I worked in retail. And those of us that are in the retail service industry, you work every day, 12-hour days, except one, which back then was Christmas Day, was the only day we weren't working. Um, he, again, was on third. I was on first. We saw each other on breaks and tried to coordinate lunch or dinner uh, meetings. Decided, let's have a baby. Let's grow our family. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that working retail hours. So I decided to go back to school, and I got a job in banking working in the collections department. You get thick skin working in collections, and uh, learned pretty quickly. About six months was all I needed to try to find an opportunity out of collections into another area of the bank. But what that did do is afford me um, the opportunity to go back to school because banking helped me pursue my career in finance. And in order to have that, I needed to get my bachelor's degree. I had gotten my associate's degree earlier in my career when Gary and I were dating actually at a junior college. But this time, I was wanting to accelerate the program. Uh, we wanted to have the baby, found out that I was pregnant, so went back to school at Urbana University, and after five years, got my um, bachelor's degree in finance. Wasn't easy, it was hard. You know, Gary was able to get on a first shift schedule. I was working 45 hours a week at the bank, going to school at night, trying to do what I could with a baby and feedings and homework at midnight. So Gary and I would take shifts, one night on, one night off, one night on, one night off. But we found a way to do it. And you know, even though we uh, didn't have a lot of money, it was always fun to go and find 50 cents in the car seat and run over to McDonald's and get two ice cream cones. Um, but that's what we did. We found a way to make it work. We were committed. And we had this new little one that we needed to teach, too. Three years after that, um, I actually uh, found out that I was pregnant with our middle son, Garrick, and now we had two boys, and um, I remember finally graduating and walking down the aisle at Urbana University with Darian and the boys in the mezzanine, 
and they were just waving proudly. And it was like, wow, all that hard work, all the lack of sleep, um, just really putting your nose to the grindstone. I could not have been given any amount of money but to see the smiles on those three faces. It just really, I think that's the pride that I felt. And that was God's blessing that, you know, here they are, here I am, and this is where we're going together. So the corporate path in finance took off, and um, you, again, you put in a lot of hours. Um, there are certifications. I was in corporate banking. Gary has uh, moved on and doing some other things in his professional career that kind of afforded us the opportunity to give more to our 401k. And by contributing to the retirement plan that we thought we were going to have, um, opened up some opportunities to invest in a business that we now own. Um, however, in 2010, we had an opportunity uh, with one of my corporate clients that I had been working with um, to talk about his business. And it was through an annual review that I had with my customers to ask them, what are your goals? You know, what, what, what are you going to be doing here in the future? And this gentleman, unfortunately, didn't have anyone within his immediate family who succession planning could come in and that he could um, help coach into new ownership. He was really upset, and he was very depressed. And he said, you know, what will probably happen is some outside investment firm is going to come in, going to buy this business, the employees will get let go, the equipment will be sold, the assets will be stripped, and there'll be nothing left of my dream. And it really hit me, and it thought, you know, that, that's a shame, and why would you displace 9 to 12 people who are also trying to build their dreams? Maybe this was, again, God talks to us in amazing ways, but for all those years I was growing my career and being thankful for the blessings, maybe I wasn't always listening. And it was like at that conversation, at that point, it hit me, why does he have to do that? Now, I don't have a pot of gold sitting in the backyard, but Gary and I have strong backs. And Gary's been learning a lot about business and logistics and quality and assurance and in all of the evolution that he's taking in his career. And that would I know in finance and corporate structure, why wouldn't we be able to help him out a little bit? So you can only imagine when I go home and say, at dinner, the boys around the table, uh, Kylie is now seven years old. Hey, honey, what do you think about quitting your current job and owning a business? Uh, I think Gary first probably thought if I stopped somewhere to have a glass of wine or if I was just kidding him. But after we put the kids to bed and we were talking, he said, are you serious about this? And I said, I've never been more serious than all my life. There's just something about this and something about we've worked hard all these years and, and it wasn't easy and we scraped pennies and we were blessed with businesses that had 401ks that invested into us. What if we took that money and perhaps borrowed a lot and helped this gentleman and we could do a lot of dream sharing? And so that's what we did. And fortunately for us, United Tool and Machine was something that um, came couldn't have come at a better time. Again, working in mysterious ways. Probably the first rock fell, and it was in May of 2012, and we were finalizing the deal 
that um, United Tool and Machine would be sold from its current ownership to a partnership with Gary and I. And it was actually the week before Memorial Day weekend. My boys and I were shoveling um, mulch around our property. This is something they did for me every year. Mother's Day was flowers and mulching. Look forward to that holiday. It's always a blessed day. And um, was getting ready for work on that Friday evening, or Friday morning, excuse me. And I noticed a lump on the side of, of my belly here. I was actually tucking in my shirt. And um, it hit me that, oh my gosh, what is this? It's a really hard lump. I don't know what that is. And here's the ironic thing. I can tell you anything about corporate finance. I can tell you what federal clearinghouse district we are in the state of Ohio. I can help you accelerate your receivables. I can tell you how to calculate the Federal Reserve rate and EBITDA. But I have no idea what's on the left side of my belly. And I have no idea what this is. It's just crazy. So I go to work. And while I'm at work, I ask some of my coworkers who are friends, what do you think this lump is? You know, what do you think this is right here? And in their faces, I felt fear. And it was, mm, that's not probably supposed to be there. You really shouldn't be here at work today. You should be at a hospital. And I'm a pretty healthy person. I don't think that's it. I'll just go to after hours. So I went to our hometown urgent care, and I was talking to the uh, physician there, and uh, she said, yeah, I'm not even going to touch that. that. That lump is not something that should be there. It is not normal. I don't know what it is. Nothing to be worried about, but you need to go back over to the hospital. So I go back over to the hospital, and I do have an MRI done on it. And it's three-day weekend, so you got to wait till the fourth day before the urologist can get back with you to tell you what your test results are. Needless to say, that was probably one of the longest holiday weekends that I wished would have been shortened immensely because the waiting was, was hard. Um, I know Gary and I had, you know, moments of fear, but he's my rock, and he was like, don't worry about it. There's nothing you can do. Whatever it is, we'll do it together. We'll figure it out. It makes, you can't change what is. I'm like, you're right. We can't. So you make the best you can, and that's what we did. And on Monday, it was confirmed that I had kidney cancer. Renal cell carcinoma was the first big word I learned. The second big word I learned, two words, radical nephrectomy. And uh, what that means is they went in, um, my urologist had indicated we're going to do a small procedure. It'll be microscopic. It'll be just three little holes in the side of your abdomen. And we'll just remove that tumor and whatever tissue it's attached to on your kidney. Okay. You, he has it, this is his profession, and I'm going to give him my life with the ask of God that he, you know, is efficient with the urologist's hands and that we get it all. And that's what happened. As I have since learned, I think it was eight, ten-hour surgery turned into a little bit longer because it wasn't that easy. It was the entire kidney, and it was a fine-pound tumor, and now I have a scar that's about 12 inches long across my abdomen, but they got it all, and there was no chemo, there was no radiation, there was nothing in the lymph nodes, so it was like, wow, um, you know, you kind of feel like you dodged a bullet. 
And I was thankful, and I was appreciative, and um, it just made me want to probably grab life so much more fuller. But in a way that I didn't realize yet was probably the best direction. In other words, I jumped right back into work, and I jumped right back into my volunteerism, and I wanted to be a part of every school function and a part of all the athletics, and busy, 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 right? That's the way I'm wired. Stay busy, stay focused, hard work. That's what you do. It's hard to say no. Those two letters hardly ever come out of my mouth unless I'm raising my kids and then they hear that often. But otherwise, that's how I think things maybe snowballed in a way because that's the only way I can um, reconcile the second rock. And it didn't feel like a rock. It felt like a house, kind of felt like that witch in The Wizard of Oz when the house came down. It was um, actually June of 2016. I take that back. It was in February, March of 16. And uh, we felt a lump. And um, had it confirmed with my uh, doctor when we were doing my physical exam that this lump in my breast is present and should not be there, and we don't know what it is, but thank goodness we do have a wonderful facility over in Columbus, the Stephanie Spielman Breast Center. So I went over there and had some tests and some biopsies done. Now this year was an important year um, because it was also, um, as we're traveling through this year, it had been the spring of 2017, my oldest son, Darian, was getting married. And uh, I'll never forget this day. We had gone to have testing done, and the kids wanted to at least buy a house so they could set up their family and have everything in order. Um, and so when I went and got the res uh, results, uh, I asked them, obviously, to tell me right away, call me anytime, and the doctors always ask. Uh, I said, please, never hesitate, anytime, any day, call. We had just gone through the open house for the kids, uh, and they were being approved, and so they were going to be able to buy their first time home together. And uh, we were on our way home from that open house when my um, doctor called, and he uh, said, I, I need to share some news with you. And I'm like, okay. Um, you know, Gary and I were praying, and it's like, okay, it's going to be good news. It's going to be good news. It was not good news. Um, I had stage three HER2 positive breast cancer. And um, so another big words come in. What's HER2 positive? Um, mastectomy. And then you look at radiation, and then you look at chemotherapy, and um, it just it really hit me that what am I doing wrong? And, uh, you know, these kids that you gave me, I don't want them not to have a mom. I'm their mom. I need to be here. And, uh, and I didn't want to be weak because I was taught to be strong. And I didn't want them to ever, you know, kind of see you down, see you depressed, see you sick. But I knew all this is coming. So it was hard. And, uh, you know, Gary and I cried a moment in the car on the way home. And he probably hugged me the tightest hug I've ever had because I think he was scared too. And that's probably what scared me. But what didn't scare me 
which is probably the most beautiful feeling I've ever had, is a sense of calmness. Even though this is happening, and it's ugly, and I don't like it, he was giving me strength. And I didn't even, I didn't know it at the moment. Of course, I think that's the human factors, right? You've got to reconcile everything that's happening physically, mentally. But if I just inhaled the spiritual healing, I was getting it because I know I felt it. I felt so calm. Even though I was mad and scared, I felt calm. And so we went through the surgeries. Um, luckily, they did get it all. I don't have anything in my lymph nodes. That was the amazing thing. They took the lymph nodes uh, of the 21 to 22 that you have up here in your arm. I had 12 that did have the cancer cells in them. So when I was having the mastectomy, they took those out and felt that they had had all the, the damaged tissue and, and um, cancer that they could, they could get removed. Now, because it was in the lymph nodes to begin with, the next question is, when do you want to start chemotherapy? Now, this has taken us probably six months into um, 2016. And at that time, you're healing from a surgery. Um, we did do reconstructive surgery. So I am living with implant and trying to uh, rebound physically uh, the best you can by having part of your body removed. And uh, thinking only about my son's wedding and that, you know, I just, I want to be here to dance with him at the wedding. And I want to be a part of that. And that's, that's all I have, then that's okay. That's really what I wanted. And uh, chemo started in September. And uh, we wanted to get it done. I had to have three months of chemotherapy, the strong chemotherapy and they pretty much said, you know, be ready. Um, you're going to get it every other week. And by about the third treatment, you know, your hair is going to fall out. Like, ah, it's all right. My hair is short. No, no big deal. It'll, it'll fall out. And uh, I'll never forget, it was my birthday, September 19th, 2016. I'm rinsing my hair out. Sure enough, there it is in the sink. And what was probably fun, I don't know if it was fun, but you make lemonade out of lemons is that both both my boys and Gary went out to the garage that morning before school and we all shaved our heads Kylie didn't <laughs> poor girl I think she was just more more nervous of what was going on in the household but we let her help shave our heads and we kind of just made it a little family event and uh, so we had had that happened and and then of course as the nuclear medicine accumulates in your body, it does make you sick. And um, it makes you so sick, you just, I never wanted these words to come out of my mouth, but I thought them, I can't do this today. You know, I, I don't, I have no energy, everything aches, my bones hurt, I can't keep anything down, I can't keep anything in. Um, I, I'm tired, but... I think it's because the strength that he was giving me was that those words never came out of my mouth that I could a little bit longer, a little bit longer, you know, just get to the next hour. In the next hour, you know, you can have the shot that helps counteract the nuclear medicine so your body doesn't reject it. 
it's part of what hurts the bones and um, the, the calcium system. But once you get it and you can get through that, then there's a little bit of comfort. And it, it does, it, it's like a really bad flu, but it gets better and better as every day progresses. So by about the third day, fourth day after chemo, you feel pretty good. You just know it's only about seven more days before you get to do it all over again. But I can never tell you that sense of calm. I always felt this, like, you're okay. You're, you're just okay. Just listen to me. You're okay. And I think that was one of the hardest lessons to remember that I'm all right. And then the next thing was stop. Stop and listen. Stop and be a part of the moment. And it's not about how successful I am. It's not about what accolades or how many volunteer denotions I can be a part of. It's just the fact that God's putting people in my day for a reason. And perhaps it's been those channels or those avenues that I've met people, but did I pay attention? Was I really in the moment? Or was I just getting through to the next event, the next appointment, the next person? These are probably the lessons I've learned the most. God puts people in our day every single day. You never know when. Sometimes they need something from you. You just don't know it. And sometimes you need something from them. And we don't know that either. So that is one of the most blessed gift beyond this day, this life I have, is to say every night when I lay my head down, I didn't do so well today. I didn't take my time like I wished I would have. I didn't acknowledge the gentleman that held the door for me. I didn't wave at the lady that just waved because she thought I was somebody else because I was not focused or I was focused on something else and not being in the moment. And that's what we have to be cognizant of. I realized after this last bout of cancer, I, you know, don't want a number three, but you never know. Um, not wanting to keep score, but hoping that these situations, these incidences, you look at what's good in them. You look at what can you take out of them and what can you share with someone else. That's my story. No one knows from the outer covering what created the person within unless we talk and unless we share. And that's what I think this was all about. Now I think back to what Pastor Rob was asking me, and it's that, is that I'm no different than anyone else. I am different in the way I'm wired, perhaps, and in the way that God is sharing my life with others and how I deliver those situations to show us we have so much in common. And at the end of the day, we have to love each other and we have to be thankful for one another because we don't know when our story is done and this is the last time that I'll have to say hello or to say goodbye. Again, uh, coming to Gretna, this is a family that I felt back in the beginning when my parents brought me through uh, Covington Church of the Brethren was the building is a building and it is comfortable and it is where memories and blessings um, and sadness happens. 
but that's also what makes it comfortable, right? That's like a home. A house is a house until you have experiences in it, and then it's a home. But it's the body of the church that's the family. And it felt like that when I walked through those doors um, a year and a half ago. And that's the same thing, I guess, is that this feels right. And I try now, when I think about what is my story, my story is the opportunity at the end of the day to thank God for everything he has given me. Whether it's a beautiful bird that crossed outside the patio that I know is a sign for me because it's a red bird and that was my grandmother's favorite bird. Or perhaps it's that, oh man, I don't feel so good. I, I'm, I'm tired, I'm stressed. And maybe it's a song on the radio because I like to dance and that song makes me dance. And that's a sign. Or maybe it's just sitting and, and watching the trees blow and follow the rhythm and think, man, that's comforting. That's, it's like rocking sensation. I mean, he's everywhere. He's in people's eyes. He's in people's embrace. He's in whispers, if you just listen. And I was too busy starting the relationships and the career path that I had that I didn't notice. And I think that's what I'm supposed to do now. Stop, recognize, and share. So my story and your story, I think, begins at the end of the day. Because it's at the end of the day where you reflect, you reconcile, and then you say, help me make it better tomorrow. Help me make a difference tomorrow. And if we're fortunate enough, we'll get that tomorrow. So here we are. That is my story. I am hopeful that there are more chapters yet to be written. Um, I have a middle son that's getting married at the end of August, and I'm so thankful that as far as I know, I'm going to get to dance with him. And then our oldest son and daughter-in-law are expecting their first baby boy in September, and my hope is that I will get to hold him in my arms as well. I get to kiss Gary in the morning, good morning, and I'll get to hug Kylie as soon as we're done. So I feel very fortunate for the blessings he's given me. And again, it's the people, and it's all of you now that are a part of my life too and my history that I hope will be continued on into the future. So thank you for allowing me this time. I appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to learning more about your stories as well.